Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. St. Augustine once said, Men go abroad to wonder at the heights of mountains, at the huge waves of the sea, at the long courses of the rivers, at the vast compass of the ocean, at the circular motions of the stars, and they pass by themselves without wondering. Isn't it easy, though, to see these types of things and be in awe? Yet the truly remarkable thing about each is that their Creator tells us we have infinitely more worth than they do, and He desires to lavish His love on us. And if you're ready to explore and experience that kind of love for yourself, then join us now for our series, Wonder, as we continue the Upward Journey. Good to see y'all. Today in North Carolina is National Church Split Day. National Church Fight Day. I've had to settle down several arguments already this morning, so I hope you're settled down and you're okay. Not hearing enough amens out there. Some of you holding on to your bitterness this morning. So good to see y'all. Welcome today, Upward Christian Fellowship, where we do two things. We build His church and transform our community through Jesus Christ, and it's a joy to do that. Today we're in the last message of a series called Wonder. And it has been so much fun going through Psalm 139, talking about the incredible God that we serve. And we just wondered at this incredible God and said, wow, at how great he is. We have learned that God is omniscient. That means he knows everything. He knows how the metaverse works. He knows what Will Smith was thinking. (laughs) Yeah, that's a cheap shot, isn't it, right there? I'm sorry. Sometimes I say things just because they're funny. By the way, I figured out what this chair is for right here. People always ask me why I've got the stool here that I never sit on. Anybody comes on stage and tries to slap me, that's what you're going to get. I'm just telling you, that's coming your way if you get up here. God is omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnipotent. He can do anything. Any obstacle that's in your life, he's able to remove it. He can work on you. He can change you. He's able to do anything by speaking a word. He's the God who said, let there be light, and there was light. He's also omnipresent. That means he is fully present everywhere at the same time. He's in your past, guarding your past from messing with your present. He's in your present today, working in your life to get done what needs to be done in and through you today. Here's the great news. He's already in your future. If you've got something tough coming up this week, God is already ahead of you. If you've got something tough coming up next year that you can't even dream about right now, God is already working out your future ahead of you and making a way for you to be more than a conqueror in your future. God is omnipresent. Can anybody say, wow? But here's the thing. Here's the catch. In order for you and I to experience this great God in a powerful way, there must be an invitation. There must be an invitation for Him to come into our lives and be everything He wants to be. He doesn't kick down the door to get into your life. He waits on you to open the door and invite Him. When I grew up in many churches that I went to, my mom and dad, when they came to Jesus Christ, they went to our church and every other church that was open. 
We went to our church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Then if there was a church having a revival or a special service during the week, we went there too. I went to church more than anybody. Went to a lot of smaller churches, and a lot of the smaller churches back in the day, they would have a picture right behind the pulpit, and it was almost always a picture of Jesus knocking at a door. And it's based on Revelation 3.20, and they would always tell the story that. I heard about a pastor who went around the neighborhood, and he was kind of cold calling on the members of the church. He was just showing up, knocking at the door. Aren't you glad I don't do that? pastor just showed up unannounced at the houses. He's knocking on doors, you know. So he went to this one house, and he knocked, and he knew somebody was in there. The cars were there, and he could hear somebody scurrying around inside the house. Can we just be honest? How many have ever had somebody knocked at the door of your house, and you just hid? I do it all the time. Figure if it's my house, and I don't want to go to the door, I just won't, right? Amen pastor knew somebody was in there and he was stubborn like I am and he just kept knocking on the door and kept knocking on the door again and again finally nobody came so he thought he'd be smart about it so he took out his business card and he wrote the scripture verse Revelation 3.20 on the back and he stuck it there Revelation 3.20 he's being funny it means behold I stand at the door and knock if anyone will hear my voice and open the door I will come in and fellowship with him funny pastor only problem was his member was funnier than that The next Sunday, that card was returned in the offering plate, and it had Genesis 3.10 written on the back. And he said, what in the world does that mean? He looked it up in his Bible, and it says this, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, for I was naked. (laughs) We got some people like that right here at Upward Christian Fellowship that would do that to me. (laughs) Don't you love that? We hear that picture, though, of Jesus knocking at the door. And I heard preachers tell this all my life, and it's true in the, in the original painting of that. There is no doorknob on the outside because Jesus does not open the door. You do. I do. The knob's on the inside. And what I want you to get, and this is where David lands here, he gives this incredibly high, exalted view of the wonder of God And then he ends the psalm with two verses that are an invitation for God to come into his life and be that powerful God. And what I want you and I to understand clearly this morning is God is an omnipotent, omnipresent, uh, omniscient God. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present. But for him to be all those things in our lives requires us to invite him to come in. And in Psalm 139, we see three invitations that the psalmist makes. And these are three invitations we can make, you and I can make to this awesome God. And I promise you, if you invite him, he will accept your invitation on these three levels. Let's read it together. Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Can you read it with me? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Three invitations we can make. The first one is this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. First invitation, God, search me. I studied the Hebrew language around this passage and around this verse. And the, I kept getting the picture of a doctor 
The, the Hebrew means to search me, to examine on the inside. That's a doctor for you right there. They want to examine you. Then they want to check on the inside. And if there's not a way for them to get in there, they'll make a way. And that's a wonderful thing and a good thing. But it's why I don't like going to the doctor. David here simply says, Lord, search me. Scan me. Look through my heart, not just my outside, not just what I can clean up, but look on the inside of me in my heart. And if there's anything in there that needs to be dealt with, God, deal with it. That is a powerful invitation to ask God to do that in your own heart and life. God, scan me. Anybody Star Trek fans here? Anybody like Star Trek? Can I see your hands? We got a few. Anybody like the really old Star Trek? I mean, with Mr. Spock way back then? I mean, that was good. I loved uh, uh, Dr. McCoy. Anybody like Dr. McCoy? He had this cool gadget that anytime somebody was hurt, he'd turn on the scanner and he'd go, woo, 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 woo. That was the best I could do. But. And he would hold it down on them. And it would scan their entire body and find out anything that was wrong. Isn't that amazing? Normally with Dr. McCoy, though, they were dead. <laughs> Especially if they had a red shirt on. Only the old Star Trek people will get this. But anytime they landed on a planet, Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Lieutenant Stevens, in the red shirt, he ain't coming back. He'd be laying on the ground, and the famous line, he's dead, Jim. But old Doc McCoy, he could scan you. I'm telling you, God can scan you. He can scan your heart. He knows every hair of your head. We've already talked about that. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. He formed you there, as Matt so aptly shared with us, in a dark place. But he knows what's going on inside of your heart. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it says the word discerns or understands the thoughts and intents of your heart. Meaning not just what you think, but the motivations behind it. God knows all of that. It's not as if the psalmist is really inviting God to know it. He's inviting God to be a part of it and to participate in it and to correct whatever's there that's wrong. You need a regular heart scan. I need a regular heart scan. Say, well, I've been a Christian a long time. Then you need a regular heart scan more than most. Because as you walk through this life and you get hurt, and you encounter challenges, and you encounter people, and you go through things that are difficult for you, Bad things can stick in your heart. You know what I'm talking about? Bad things can stick in your heart. I've been inviting God. God, just search my heart and help me. There was somebody in my own life just a couple years ago, and they don't go to this church, so please don't start thinking, is it me? Who is it? I bet it's her. <laughs> don't do that. Somebody a couple years ago really deeply hurt me. It was a hurtful thing. And uh, I hurt over it, got mad about it. Got bitter about it. I do that too. Is that okay? 
If it's not okay, tell me now. I just got bitter about it. And I've prayed to God about it, saying, God, I shouldn't feel that way. God, I need to get over this. And I keep praying about it. But I've got to be honest with you. I'm still in process on that one. I'm not over it yet. But I keep laying it down before God all the time. Then I pick it back up. Anybody else? Don't get all self-righteous with me. Anybody else? Ever done that? Picked it right back up again? Some things are hard to lay down. Because here's what I've learned. I can't change my heart. Only Jesus can. All I can do is be obedient to him and keep on laying that thing down before him. And here's what I can tell you. I may not be over it yet. But in a short amount of time, I'm going to be over it. Because Jesus is scanning my heart. And he's going to get that out of my heart. Because I don't want to go through life being bitter at anybody. Can I get an amen? I don't want to be bitter because my team won or lost. (laughs) Slid that right in there. I don't want to be bitter because someone did something to me. I don't want to go through the rest of my life carrying some hurt that somebody else put on me. Because if it's still in my heart, it will affect good relationships that are in my future. So you and I need to give this invitation to the Lord. Lord, scan my heart. Search my heart. Know my heart. You see, when you invite Jesus Christ to be your Savior and Lord, and that's what He needs to come in your life and be your Savior and Lord. He doesn't need you to clean up your life. Come on now. He doesn't need you to do better because you can't. If you haven't figured that out yet, where you been? If you and I haven't figured out, we're not going to do any better by ourselves. You see, we can't change our heart. What Jesus needs is simply this, an invitation. People are always telling me, yeah, don't forget, you need to repent. Understand that. Repentance means turn away from everything in your past and from sin and turn to Jesus. It does not mean a declaration to God, of God, I promise I'm going to do better. You ever seen anybody make empty promises and you're like, yeah, right. Imagine God looks at us sometimes and said, yeah, I've seen your actions before. He's not mad at us. He's not disappointed at us. He's just ready for us to stop fighting this battle in our own strength and to come to him and say, Jesus, I invite you to be the Lord of my heart and the Lord of my life. Doesn't mean you become perfect. Several people have been saying yes to Jesus in our services over the last several weeks. Some of you have said yes to Jesus just over the last few weeks. And you go out in the world and you still have some of that old thinking that you used to have and you're still fighting some of those old problems. It does not mean that you didn't get saved. It just means you're a baby Christian and you got to grow up. And God wants to put his hand in your hand, your hand in his, and lead you right out of that. But it requires an invitation. Lord, search my heart. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and in your life, it just requires an invitation. Jesus, yes, I surrender my heart to you. Come in. First invitation is, Lord, search me. Now, the second one may sound a little tougher. It's, Lord, test me. 
David has surrendered to God and asked him to be the Lord over his heart. Now he asks the Lord to be the Lord over his thoughts. Do you know Jesus can be the Lord of your heart and not yet be the Lord of your thoughts? Do you know that? Well, I'm telling you that now, so now you know. You can surrender your heart and life to him, and yet still your thoughts not be brought under his lordship. David said, test me, Lord, in verse 23, and know my anxious thoughts. The Hebrew word for test was mainly used in the day for testing the content of metals as they tested them for purity. They would test gold to make sure it had no impurities in it. Our thought lives tend to run away from Jesus if left unchecked. He said, Lord, he, didn't, he specified what kind of thoughts too. He said, Lord, test my anxious thoughts. Some people, when you talk about thought life, they immediately think of lustful thoughts or sinful thoughts to go out and do something wrong. What David is saying is, Lord, I need to be tested in all my anxieties. Because me walking around burdened with anxiety every day is not good for me. It's not good for the people that are around me. It doesn't make me a better Christian. Yet we live in a time where there is an epidemic of anxiety. That's the thing we're facing in our world right now as much as anything else is fear and anxiety. I want you to hear me. God put you and me on this earth right now. Right in the middle of the mess we're in. And if you look around, there's some mess. There's some things going on in our nation and in our country that are heartbreaking and tragic. But we are here for such a time as this. Did you hear me? Any of you thought, have you ever been tempted to think, I wish I'd been born in a different time? God, though, knew you before you were in your mother's womb. And he created you and he called you and he saved you. He put his spirit inside of you and he's got you right here in April of 2022 knowing all the time. Remember, he's already been in your future knowing what would be here because he wants to show himself strong through your life. And in order to do that, you and I have got to deal with our anxious thoughts because if we're just as worried as our neighbors are that don't know Jesus, it's hard for us to shine the hope of Jesus to them. If we're wringing our hands every time the news comes on and saying, oh Lord, what are we going to do? Now that's normal and it's human and some anxiety is real. But you've got to learn to ask God to come in and test your thoughts. Show me any thoughts that I'm having, Lord. And it doesn't mean necessarily dirty thoughts. It means thoughts that aren't centered on Him. When you test gold to make sure it's pure, you're not just testing for dirt. You're testing for anything that's not gold. It can be half silver and still impure. What God wants us to do is have our hearts and our minds on Him. The scripture said, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind stays on you. 
if our mind stays on God, we can walk in perfect peace. I need the Holy Spirit to test my thoughts. Search me, God. When I have a thought that goes through my mind that is not glorifying to you and helpful for me, Lord, show me that thought and help me to toss it out quickly. Anybody have any thoughts? Anybody had any thoughts this week? One dear friend told me before church, she said, I had to have two communion cups today for everything I said to the refs last night. (laughs) My favorite line so far today. You ever have thoughts that just go down the wrong path? Thoughts that things aren't going to work out? Thoughts of anger towards individuals? Thoughts of bitterness over past hurts? Thoughts of anxiety? Of what could happen? Anybody's mind ever go to worst case scenario? Anybody's default set for worst case scenario? Can we let God turn that around? And just say, what would happen if God showed up in this situation? What would happen if I let Jesus be the Lord of this situation? What would happen in my life, in my children's life, in my family's life, if I would just take all these problems and these anxieties and turn them over to Jesus? I wanted to hit on this, and I've got to hit on it quickly because I've talked too much already. But you know one of the great causes of anxiety is something they diagnose and they call it hyper-responsibility syndrome. Anybody ever heard of hyper-responsibility syndrome? You know what that means? That means you and I can develop a sense of false responsibility. Taking on burdens that are not ours to carry. I got to stop here because the Lord's pressing on me to stop and say this. Have you ever had family coming home for Christmas that didn't get along? And they're coming to your house for dinner. And crazy uncle over here and crazy aunt over here are going to be sitting at the same table. Are you afraid to say amen? Because are they here? Are they here now? <laughs> could be. Could be. People are like, I don't have a crazy uncle. Then you're the one. That's you. <laughs> I'm kidding you. Have you ever, though, felt like I've got to help them get along? Or I've got to work this problem out between these two people? That's false responsibility. You've got somebody in your life that's going the wrong direction and you thought, I've got to fix them. False responsibility. That creates incredible anxiety into your life. And God's been teaching me that so much over the years. I used to think it was my job as a pastor to fix everybody. And I've had to learn, I can't even fix myself. I can't even fix me. But I've learned in my life to leave people's responsibility with them and do what I can to help them. But the responsibility to change is between them and Jesus wonderful day in my life is one time my kids they were both over 18 and they started fighting with each other you know they still can do that 
Now, I love my children. They got along. They still do very well. But one day they got in a disagreement with each other, and my wife and I were on a walk, and they said, she asked me, she said, what are we going to do about it? And I said, nothing. She said, what do you mean? Well, they're both adults now. We've raised them. They're going to have to figure this out. Now, you may agree or disagree, but I'm telling you, I'm not, gonna, gonna, I'm not even going to take responsibility on to me for things that my kids are responsible for. Because you can't fix everybody. Lord, test my anxious thoughts. So we've got, Lord, search me. Lord, lead me. Or Lord, test me. And the third one, Lord, lead me. He says in Psalm 139, 24, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I love this. When he says point out anything in me that offends you, this translation doesn't get everything that's packed into the Hebrew. No translation can get everything that's packed into the Hebrew or Greek for that matter. The word in Hebrew means When it says anything that offends you, it means this. It means if I'm on a path that will lead to pain, show me. And instead, lead me on the path that leads to life. You know, I figured this out as I've studied the scriptures. I'm on one of those paths right now in every area of my life. The path that will lead to pain or the path that will lead to life. And you know what I've come to figure out? The path that's right in front of me is what I must focus on and not just the destination. That makes sense to you? Now, I'm directionally challenged. Right? I know that north is back over here just because I've been here for 25 years. And east is over there, right? You directional people, that's east, right? And west, south is down there, right? I know my house is back up that way somewhere. But I'm, I'm not quite sure. I couldn't point right at my house right now. But I know the path there. You go out upward road. Then you get on that uh, demon ro- I'm sorry. That, that, uh, <laughs> kidding, I shouldn't say that. Should not say that. Forgive me. It's a blessing. It's going to be a blessing. It's a work in progress. You're going to get on that 26, and I'm going to go up there a ways. Then I'm going to get off on another road. What I need to focus on is not figuring out to point at my house. I just need to get on the path to my house. And if I stay on the path to my house, I'll get to my house. It's more about the path than it is the destination. You're on a path right now. You're either on a path of pain or a path that leads to life. had a guy come in my office the other day, and he's a dear friend. He's coached me. He's helped me a lot with my own health. And uh, he came to my office the other day. He doesn't attend church here, but he watches online. And he'd been seeing me blow up over the last three months, four months, five months. Since my wife got sick, I kind of let go of diet and exercise and started eating everything I could see. You ever been on the seafood diet? put it in front of me and I'll eat it yeah my buddy saw it online <laughs> saw me online saw it online 
and he came to my office. And in a very loving, you need people like this in your life. If you don't have friends like this, you need to get some. And in a very loving way, he told me this. He said, you can't lead others if you can't lead yourself. He said, people want to follow people who can lead their own lives. And you're slipping, bud. And I said, you're exactly right. The reason I'm looking a little sad this morning, I haven't had a donut in over a month. (laughs) And do you ever do the right thing? You eat right and you exercise for about four days and you think, I'm going to get on the scale and see my progress. And you step on that thing and look at those numbers and you say, there is a lying spirit from the devil in this scale This scale is lying in Jesus' name because I've lived good for four days and nothing's happening. You ever do that? You know what I've learned? I'm not asking myself at the end of the day what the scale says. I'm asking myself, did I stay on the path? Here's what I've come to understand in my own life in a lot of areas beyond physical health. I've come to understand this. You stay on the path you'll get to the destination. Now, if you get on the path of pain, you're going to go to some pain. You want to know how to get on the path to pain? Guys, look at some woman that's not your spouse and start to think about her. I'm not saying do this. I'm saying that's how you get on the path to pain. And let me tell you, that's some real pain. You think it's harmless to just look, but you just took a step on the path of pain. And the enemy wants to lead you to take the next step, which is flirt. And then go out. And now you're way down the path of pain. And if you stay on that path, you're going to be having horrible conversations with your wife and your children, and you mess up your whole life. Some of you who've battled addictions, anybody battled any addictions? Oh, great, nobody upward has ever battled an addiction. Wow, I had no idea. Come on now, anybody ever battled any addictions? Alcohol or drugs or something like that? A lot of us have been through that. You ever beat an addiction and through Jesus and then the enemy comes in and said, you've done so well, it's okay just to try one. Anybody? That's the path of pain because one leads to two and two leads you right back to where you were before. There's some things when you break an addiction over, you don't go back to them again ever. Because people who struggle with addictions typically are not moderate people. I'll say amen. There's a path. What the psalmist is saying, what David is saying is, Lord, show me any area of my life where I'm on the path of pain and lead me off that path to the path of life, which is what you call me to walk in. Turn my path from pain to life. Can you invite Jesus to do that? See, what we want to do is invite Jesus, first of all, to be the Lord of our heart. Then we want to invite Jesus to be the Lord of our thoughts, to test us, 
to deal with our anxious thoughts, then we want him to be the Lord of our path. Lead me. Beautiful things, the promise of God. You've got a God who's already been to tomorrow, who wants to take your hand into his hand and lead you into life. God's got bigger dreams for you than you ever imagined. You better get with me now. God's got great joy in your future. Some of you better get this. You've been watching the news so much. Say, Pastor, are you ignoring everything that's happening? No, I see it just like you do. But I serve a God who looks at my life and says, I know the plans I have for you. People around you may be going crazy. Things may be going crazy. But if you'll keep your hand in my hand, I'm going to lead you forward into life. I'm going to provide for your every need. What's going to happen, preachers? We don't have gas. What's going to happen if there aren't groceries on the shelves? Let me tell you, if God needs to, He can send the ravens to bring food to you. He did it in the Scripture, and He can do it again. Not something I want to try, but if He needs that, He can do it. He can get provision to your life. Somebody told me this the other day, and it was so powerful to me. Because often I want it to happen faster. Anybody? I want to see results. Somebody told me this the other day. As long as you've got your hand in God's hand, you're right where you're supposed to be. Even if it seems slow, when you're on the path with your hand in His you're right where you need to be. Amen. Will you make one of those invitations today? Bow with me if you would. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for Psalm 139 that just speaks to our hearts. And Lord, we invite you today. Search us. Be the Lord of our hearts. Lord, test us. Be the Lord of our thoughts. Lord, lead us. Be the Lord of our paths. We pray, Lord, and we believe for this in Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed across this building today, for those watching online as well, if you're here this morning or with us online, you say, Pastor, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my heart. I want to say yes to him as my Lord and Savior and invite him to be the Lord of my heart to search me from the inside out. I won't embarrass you. Just ask you to lift your hand so I can see it this morning. Who here is saying, Jesus, thank you so much for that hand. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for that hand. I appreciate that. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else this morning? How many could say, Pastor, Jesus is the Lord of my heart, but I want to make him the Lord of my thoughts this morning. I want him to test my anxious thoughts and Anything that takes me away from him, I want him to show me, and I want to get his thoughts in my mind. Can I see your hands this morning? Bunch of them today. Bunch of them today. He's going to test your anxious thoughts. Guess what? As you surrender responsibility to him, he's going to lift that anxiety off your life. I believe that. How many could say, Pastor, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my path. And if I'm on any path that leads me to pain, I want him to lead me off of the wrong path and lead me on to the path that leads to life. Can I see your hands this morning, a lot of those this morning? Jesus, I pray for people today who are making the decision to 
say yes to you in their thoughts, to say yes to you in their path. And Jesus, I know that the Holy Spirit's going to be powerful and real in their lives to lead them away from those things, the wrong path and the wrong thoughts. Now I want to pray together with you who are saying yes to Jesus here and online. I ask you just to pray this prayer right out of your heart. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me, for dying for me. Today, I give my life to you. I turn from the past and I run to you. Not trying to do better because I can't. I give my failure to you. I give my brokenness to you. I give my sin to you. From this day forward, I live by your grace, not my strength. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Wow. Our biggest struggle right now, which is a wonderful problem, is figure out where we're going to put everybody because we're already full. Last weekend, over the course of the weekend last week, and we're not about just gathering people in a room, understand that. We're about going out and serving. But last weekend, we had more people here over the weekend than we've ever had other than an Easter or a Christmas. We had right at 1,300 people with us last weekend, which is fantastic. That's incredible. New people coming all the time. If you're new to the family, we're so glad to have you here, and we're just growing in all kinds of great ways. It's fantastic. Easter's going to be fun. We're going to have Thursday night, three on Sunday morning, Hispanic service on Sunday afternoon. So we're going to have five services over the weekend, and we're really excited about those. So come on. Hey, jump in on Thursday night if you can. We need to fill this building up on Thursday. I can tell all of you are coming. I can see it in your eyes right now. Everybody's like, yeah, see you on Thursday. Easter's going to be great. Invite a friend. Bring somebody with you. We've had a couple years when people didn't want to get out, but now everybody's getting out again, so it's prime time to invite somebody to come to church with you. So bring a friend on Easter. We're going to have some more chairs in here. We'll have a place for them to sit and be ministered to. We're going to have a great service, all right? I want to bless you right now. Would you just lift your hands and receive blessing? And this is a big one this morning. God has laid it on my heart, and he's spoken and confirmed this with other people who've been praying for the church And I believe God's going to do some major physical healings here at Upward Christian Fellowship. If you don't know it already, we believe in a miraculous God who heals sick people. And we're going to see that not only in these altars, but in your lives outside of this place. And what I'm just praying and speaking over you in a mighty way today, it comes from the Old Testament when Hezekiah was sick and God sent uh, the prophet Isaiah to him and said, set your house in order for you're going to die. You'll not live. And Hezekiah began to pray. It says he turned his face to the wall and prayed. Isaiah left. And as Hezekiah prayed, God spoke to Isaiah and said, Turn again. Tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, here's the blessing. I've heard your prayers. I've seen your tears. Behold, I will heal thee. I will heal thee. Healing's coming on your body if you're sick today. I believe that. I'm believing for mighty physical healing to touch the people in this room and watching online now. We just speak it and believe it in Jesus' name. And I'm believing for the gift of healing that's laying dormant in some people's lives to be released so that when you touch people, when you pray for people, God will minister to their sickness and set them free as a sign of His glory and His power. That's your blessing today. Now go in the power of the Holy Spirit and take Jesus to your world. Your commission. Love y'all so much. See you next week. Going to have some fun next week. Come on back. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. 
If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Upward Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.